Hey, everybody. Welcome into the wrap. As Ethan just continues to talk off the air here. <laughs> Tom Mazoway on NRM Streamcast in with Clarence Black. We were CB talking in about the house. something important. I know. We were talking about Shakira, of course. We want to keep showing Shakira on a loop with J-Lo. Ethan uh, Perlman is in here at the Statman as well. Live from the Jim Reels Friendly. Uh, Shakira. Live from the Jim Reels Friendly <laughs> Chrysler Jeep Studios here in Farmington. Of course, featuring our, our buddy Brian Ackerman, the Tigers' second baseman. And, of course, the general sales manager up at Jim Reels. Go up and see him, 14 Mile and Van Dyke, and they are out in Romeo. We'll talk about them later. But lots on the docket today. Every time you think, I told uh, Ethan the other day, all right, here's what we're going to do on Wednesday. It's going to be like a down day. We'll talk about the XFL, talk about the rules. You know, got to get people up to up to snuff on the XFL. And it Shakira. starts this weekend. Uh, and Shakira. Shakira. And I said, we'll, we'll talk about you. Uh, you know, it'll be a bat boy days with the Tigers Shakira. because they've loaded up the vans and they, they're they on their way to Lakeland. We wanted to hear all his horror stories. And then uh, I said, well, whatever else pops up. So here's what pops up so far overnight. Mark D'Antonio resigns, retires, whatever you want to call it, as the head coach of the Michigan State Spartans. And National Signing Day today. What a day to do it. And then on Baseball Mainly yesterday, we talked about you know what? I think the Dodgers and the Red Sox might pull off a deal. Boom. Boy, did they pull off a deal. That's not a deal. That's a steal. <laughs> and now you throw in Ethan's favorite team, the Minnesota Twins. A three-team deal between the Red Sox, Dodgers, and Twins. And then Jock Peterson, they give him away to the Angels. There's so much to talk about. NBA trade deadline tomorrow at 3. Luke Kennard on the block all of a sudden. He hasn't played in like a month. Hasn't played in like 23 games. He's on the block. He might go to Phoenix, who happens to be here tonight at Little Caesars. All it's, kinds of stuff going on. Dude, it's on. like the Dodgers just showed up at, at Jim Reels <laughs> and walked off the lot with the, with the with the ride. They took a $75,000 Jeep They out, just, just walked out. And they pay, they're paying like 150 a month. Like you think like the Dodgers just walked in, they got some coffee, yeah. they waved at Brian, they went and grabbed the keys and just said, oh, yeah, there we go. You personally don't think they're paying anything. You Bro, think they absolutely like, fleeced uh, the Red Sox. How would you like to be a Red I, Sox fan today, folks? Here's, here's the scoop. Dodgers get Mookie Betts and David Price, who I'm telling you, <laughs> It's going to pitch lights out in the National League. Yes. Boston gets a young outfielder, Alex Verdugo. They get a right-hand pitcher. He's a prospect from Minnesota. And then Minnie gets former Dodger pitcher, Kenton Maeda, who's a pretty good arm. And that yeah. just improves Minnesota. And you were just I mean, making I mean, fun of yesterday, yeah. Minnesota. Well, Kenton Maeda was a good arm in a rotation. Now he's only, in my opinion, a good arm out of the bullpen. He's a average starter. I don't know what okay. happened to him, but he he's gone more down to an average starter, but an above average innings eater out but, of the bullpen. No Dude, really he's gonna face Royals and Tigers. Correct. And plus, no one gives Hold a damn on. about him but anyway. He faced the Diamondbacks and Padres when they were as bad as the Royals and Tigers <sighs> are now. All right, he's got a point there. But let, let's let's uh, digress, and we'll get to uh, Lynn Henning, of course, from the Detroit News, oh, author of. Plenty of Michigan State books. He'll join us to talk about Mark D'Antonio in a minute. But we got to, th- this deal is something, man. Mookie Betts now is a Dodger. Mm-hmm. You got the Dodgers lined up in front of you? I do, actually. Well, let's hear, let's, let's, let's listen to the Dodgers lineup uh, in the National League West here. 
So, uh, per, this is the projected lineup. Okay, it's projected. a damn all-star team, projected. man. Uh, leading off would projected. be Mookie Betts. All-star. Bat, Mookie Betts. Batting second, Max Muncy. Uh-huh. Batting third, Justin Turner. All-star. Ooh. Cleaning up. Cody Bellinger. All star. Oh uh, my god. In left field, AJ Pollock. <laughs> okay. uh, shortstop, Corey Seeger would be sixth in the lineup. Not Potential all star. Seventh, Gavin Lux. And okay. uh, eighth, Will Smith. And, That's the and, catcher and, that and, they and people not, love. And not the Fresh Prince, Will Smith. Right. Yeah. Will Smith is, a, is one of the Potential all star. Yeah, he's going to be an all star. <laughs> and and, and Corey even... Seeger was an all star. Yes. Was an all star. And now Boston has basically said, all right. Sorry, fans. We're retooling. They could have signed bets. They chose not to. They're Who's sick. got more money than the Sign Boston Red them. Sox? I, Forget trade them. Why would you want to trade one of the best players in the I, league? I'm just saying, if you're going to do this, do start your season. Let your fans be excited. See what you have. That's a loyal fan base in a loyal city. I, and I get it, and you mentioned it off the air, three titles, ten years. Got it. But, dude, this just... I mean, if you are a Red Sox fan, the air just got sucked out of you. The timing of it is horrible. Well, it's a trade before the season. It's not that horrible. Oh. Would you rather get rid of him in the midseason? You're, the message that you're sending – so I get it. The one end is uh, we need to be fiscally responsible and this is best for our team. I mean, one of the cliches, this is going to be good for the ball club, yeah. best for our organization, <laughs> whatever. The cliches are out there. But, man, if you're a Red Sox fan, it's like you – Especially watching what the Yankees are doing, because that's really what this is. I mean, you is is a Red Sox. You are looking at the Yankees, and the Yankees look like freaking Walmart. The Yankees look like Walmart, and is and is a Red Sox fan. I tell me anything, but don't tell me that my talent level is dropping in comparison. Well, maybe to what's put, going on in New York. That, that's the, the thing that would. Maybe they said we can't compete with that team. Well, Maybe I, that's what they meant. And and I think this was actually more or less from on the Dodgers perspective a must do. Yeah. Because next year they got some guys that will hit free agency. Yeah. And now they get Mookie Betts. Now you have your option. Are you going to extend Mookie Betts? Are you going to try to extend Justin Turner cuz in the 2021-2022 class, yeah. Corey Seager's a free agent. Right. And by then, so will Francisco Lindor, who they were also after. I think this so. Is I think than they're that, trying to think into the future and say, okay, we want to be able to have Betts and Bellinger. I wish that was a Dodgers. Friend. See, I, I think this is one of those few times where I think the organization is actually looking at this like like the players. I think everybody mm-hmm. in that organization feels like we should be two rings deep right now, and it, these two rings were taken from us, so we're going all in. Like we, I think this is literally the Dodgers saying, like we have two World Series stolen, mm-hmm. so we're going all in right now on yeah. this year. Yeah. And then if they don't, then I think you're going to see a fire sale because it's not sustainable. Look the Dodgers the- payroll over the last uh, seven years, I mean, they're pushing it every single year to get there, mm-hmm. to have it ripped away from you, and not to. I think everybody underestimated what this whole thing has done to the Dodgers psyche. Which is the Dodgers may come out and literally treat every game like as they are pissed. And I don't use that a lot. I mean, that's something you rarely think about. When's the last time you, you heard of a baseball team playing angry or just being you angry? You don't. You but don't. they are tangibly, yeah. I mean, I those think guys the Yankees are. Yankees are as well. Yeah, they, the Dodgers are ready yeah. to play right now. The yeah. Dodgers are like, start the season yeah. right now. Let's play. I think they want to murder everybody because they legitimately feel. 
Like, think about this. When's the, think about this. When in your life have you ever, when's the last time you felt like something, if it's too personal, you don't, but I can't think of the last time I felt like something was tangibly taken from me. I've lost stuff, sure. you know what I mean? But think about it in your life. When is When have you felt like something was literally, that was yours, man, it's just ripped. You didn't feel like that in Survivor? No, hell no. Man. I earned that. That was just a game. I, I was 24 years old, man. <laughs> Stealing food. I was in Africa. Come I was on, doing man. all kinds of stuff, baby. The toughest Woo! survivor right here, Clarence Black. But think about that, man. Like, what? What? What is it? I don't. I think that's something we don't. Because I don't. I've never had anything. I've never worked my butt off to have somebody just take something from me. And so, man, the Dodgers. That's like. I think that's what that moved to me, man. That's what I see. I see a team saying. I, we're, I think we're you're in. right. And would you want to play that team? Right oh now? hell I mean, no! That's a that is a hell of a team. How's their pitching staff, Ethan? Uh, I mean, you got Clayton Kershaw, right. Walker Bueller. Angry. Now you add angry. you add David Price to that mix. Wow, I not think, angry. And the happy. Only, I, I think yeah. the only way that the Dodgers took on David Price in that massive deal is they they see Kershaw's health as an issue. Yeah. And now you got another left-hander who can step in to the top of the rotation with Walker Bueller, but. And Price was hurt last year. Pr- Price was he hurt. He might not be right anymore, but you know what? Uh, and even an he's injured still Price yeah. in the National yeah. League, I think I think he improves his stock. He, I'm not going to say he's a 20-game oh. winner, but he's winning 15 at least. But That's depend- my pick. Depending on, Ethan, depending on where they place him in the rotation, I could conceivably, I could conceivably see 20 because I think he may end up getting six or seven runs a game. That's the scary thing about the they, the Dodgers may just run away. They, the Dodgers, yeah. I, man, they are going to mash. Who else could compete in that division? The Padres a little bit? Well, a little? Maybe a little bit. Now it's more or less the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. No. The, the Diamondbacks up their, their rotation with signing Mad Bomb, bringing in guys like Cole Calhoun and now getting, um, I'm blanking on the name okay. right now. But them and the Rockies are probably the two teams that will fight for second. Yeah. yeah. But they could give the Dodgers some issues during the season. I won't I, say that I they'll come close to competing Dude, if you're with running, them. Ethan, if you're running, man, if you are running David Price on day three. Yeah, it is. I, I, yeah. In the National League, I'll he take, improves his stock I'll by take, five games. I will take even money. I'll take lunch, lunches, 12 games by the All-Star break. Yeah. Twelve game lead by the break. I wouldn't bet. I wouldn't bet not against that. I would not. Hey, over we, under. he would get. Over ma- under. He would get maybe fifteen starts. You're saying he goes twelve and three. No, I'm saying the Dodgers will have a twelve game. They'll be oh, twelve okay. up. They'll Sorry, be twelve I... up on that division. They'll have a. They'll have a twelve game cushion by the All Star break. I'm not gonna go against you with that. <laughs> That's that 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 I agree with. But on price for wins, I go fifteen plus. By the All Star break, I'll go ten. So I don't know you're thinking that. like I'm a ten. You're thinking a ten and five first half. I think he's going to get so much runs. So I think he's going to go in the game. So here's what I think he's going to pitch six innings on average, and I think he's going to get six runs a game. I just think he won't have enough innings where it will, and then they'll go to that bullpen, and then it'll be night night. He'll take. He'll be. Yeah. It'll be four zero six inning. He'll give you six, and then in the seventh, and that'll be it. So he's going to literally be on the golf course by the top of the ninth. Hey, our guest is on the line, and I booked him for his knowledge on Michigan State. But we get a double bonus because no one knows baseball like Lynn Henning of the Detroit News, author uh, of many books on Michigan State and the book on baseball. My man Lynn Henning joins us live here on The Wrap. What's up, Lynn? Maz, 
lot of drama. A lot of drama. Uh, 24 hours. A lot of drama. We have uh, Clarence here and Ethan as well. And, uh, That's what I understand. And we wanted to, we wanted to start off. Morning, we wanted to start off with uh, with uh, the head coach of Michigan State stepping down, Mark D'Antonio. But we're on the baseball here. I want I want to hit you on a quick baseball here before we uh, change tunes. What did you think of that Boston Red Sox uh, fire sale? Uh, made sense for all the teams. Really, uh, it's the old deal where everybody wins. Uh, the Red Sox get two good young players. They get a lot of payroll flexibility. Uh, they get uh, a better return than if they had hung on to bets and gotten the draft pick next year. The Dodgers uh, get exactly what they need. And um, that team um, now just might have enough to get over the hump. And for that reason, I, I think it uh, it, was, it was really a, a shrewd, uh, transaction. Now, you, you've got two very young, bright GMs who work together in uh, Friedman and, and Bloom. And that relationship, as well as their intelligence, tells you that uh, I think this deal is going to pay off for both clubs. So, to me, it made abundant sense. It's never going to be popular in Boston when you lose a guy on his level, but I think they uh, need to take stock of the people that are coming in and that they're adding here, as well as the fact that uh, they'll have some flexibility now in coming seasons with uh, free agency that they wouldn't have had otherwise. So yeah, well, you would have had bets. It's a very, yeah, <laughs> it's a very smart. Well, I mean, they would have had bets for another year, and if then they they want to resign them, it, it was going to be a Brinks truck, and then you've got uh, penalties that uh, the salary cap is going to bring into effect too not that john henry can't afford it that it's it's never as simple as that everybody thinks well you've got the money you can spend it It, it's it's not a business model that you can really allow to exist you you can't hemorrhage red ink all the time because there's no guarantee you're going to win and and secondly it, it just doesn't work that way it just doesn't work uh it it's it, it's nothing that it's easy to put it this way. It's easy for us to spend someone else's money. Sure. But it's, there's gotta be an, an element of sanity to it. And that's why everybody who thinks the tigers are just being skin flints and not spending and they're not making themselves. Hey, you could spend another hundred million. And I don't know if that would even get them anywhere close to playoff level at this stage. It's not a matter of indexing your competitiveness to payroll. It doesn't work that way. They're already spending way more than a team that's going to lose 100 games should be spending. Does it make more sense now to add to that burden, to have a team that might not even get to 500? Or do you look at this from the other end of the telescope, which is really what people should be doing, and say, look, it's not that expensive to put together a winning team if you draft and sign correctly. And that's what everybody seems to miss on this thing. And that's really where the indictment of the Tigers lies, in my estimation. They've done a very, very substandard job over the last 15 years, not to mention if you want to look at it in broader terms over the last 30 to 40 yeah. in, in drafting and in, in signing talent. And until they get that fixed, they're not going to win in this town. I don't care if they spend a billion dollars. You're not going to win. Well, Dave Dombrowski was the brain trust here, 
and he was the brain trust for a couple of years in Boston, and now he's looking for a job. Are you putting it all on him or mostly on him? I know Randy Smith was no. was, was in there as well. And... No, what happened, Maz, is Mike Illich, if you want to go back and take this case by case with the GMs, Randy Smith should have been presiding over a complete rebuild. Mike Illich didn't want that at that stage for one reason. He had a new ballpark that was coming Right. over the horizon, and he wanted to have a competitive team ready for that ballpark. That was very short-sighted in terms of building a roster. Now, that blew up on them, and what happened, they caught a couple of breaks that aren't going to be available except as exceptions to a long rule, and that was Pudge Rodriguez and Maglia yep. They sat on the sidelines because of physical concerns. Mike Illich gambled on each and won. Yep. But those kinds of gambles are rarely going to present themselves, and seldom are you going to go two for two on that kind of thing. But look back even further. Had people done, or had the front office done what the fans wanted, which was sign Juan Gonzalez to that <laughs> eight-year $148 million deal, guess who never would have shown up in Detroit? Maglio Ordonez and Pudge Rodriguez. Right. Wow. Tigers' payroll would have been prohibitive. People forget about this stuff. Yeah. Instead, they just they just want to write checks. And if you don't write checks, then ownership doesn't care about winning. And it just gets really fatiguing because people are looking at this backwards. But uh, that, to go back to the critique here, is really, in my estimation, where the Tigers have got to make changes or suddenly hit on good fortune that has eluded them because they've got four of the first 75 draft picks in June. If they don't go three for four or four for four with that group, uh, they're not going to have a success to this rebuild by any means. They'll simply be taking some of their best talent and flipping it for trade um, material and, and young players when the second rebuild begins. And oh boy, this is yeah. this is where I think people again have, have kind of missed uh, the forest here uh, by focusing on the spending tree. It just isn't the, the way that you build or construct a winning roster. It's Lynn Henning joining us from the Detroit News. We got a little sidetracked on our baseball talk, and we're going to get back to it. But we want to bring up the reason we had you on here, and it's. Uh, we had you on a couple of months ago. We talked about Mark D'Antonio, and it was towards the end of the mm-hmm. football season, and we all kind of agreed that maybe it was time for him to step away then. And instead, he kind of dug his heels in, and here we are. He's going to be the head coach again. They win a bowl game in New York, and everything is great. Oh, it's all rosy. And then last night, he decides to retire or resign or whatever you want to call it, and today is National Signing Day. I mean, Fill us in here, Mr. H. What's your take on all of this mess here, and how do they go forward from here? I think Mark D'Antonio came to the conclusion late uh, that we had come into earlier. And that can happen sometimes when objectivity isn't always a head coach's best friend. He really believed, I think, at the end of last year that he could revive and resurrect this thing and avoid going out on a sour note which is really what the last two seasons have been. Sure. Uh, even, even if they went 7-6 and six or 6-7, six, whatever the case may be. So it, it's a sour note, and he didn't want that. His pride is immense and, and justifiably. 
he built and constructed something there that was amazing and really was a blueprint for the rest of the nation in terms of program architecture. And he was very proud of that and should have been. And the fans will never fail to appreciate and remember that either. That's what you have to keep in mind here. And it was the reason why I thought he needed to look at this thing with a fair amount of candor at the end of the fall and say, look, I'll be 64 in March. This thing is not going to get better next year, and it's not. And rather than make this a grueling death spiral this season, which I believe it would have been, with a focus entirely on Mark D'Antonio and not on his football team all year long, hand the torch over to someone else now. Do this seamlessly. They'll pay you your bonus. You know that that can be worked out. That's not going to be an issue here, the one that was due in January for $4.3 million. He'll get that. He would have gotten that as a promise at the end of the year. That was not going to be a factor here. But I think he talked himself stubbornly into deciding he could, in fact, had this renaissance of football and restore the old D'Antonio luster. He isn't going to be able to do that in the allotted time, not at 64 here. It isn't going to happen. So get straight and sensible about this. Bring on the new guy and reignite Michigan State's football galaxy, which is feeling a bit desolate for all the right reasons. Now, though, now, though, if they hire correctly, which is always the big if in East Lansing, they can have a big year. Even if it's not greatly successful this fall, and it probably won't be, they can restore hope and they can restore optimism and restore the old vigor that Michigan State football really should be all about. Because that job is no less than the fourth or fifth best job in the Big Ten. And I know it's going to be appealing to a guy like Luke Fickle down at Cincinnati if, again, that if, MSU's bosses don't make some kind of weird decision here and go elsewhere. You don't want to go to guys in their 50s, uh, whether it's Pat Narduzzi or Jim McElwain or Pat Shermer or any of those dudes. Forget guys in their 50s. I'll tell you why, guys, and you know. Ten years goes pretty fast. Even if they get that program back on track, suddenly now it's ten years later, and what happens? People wonder when you're going to retire. Kids wonder if you're going to be around all four years. That doesn't work. So hire the guy in his 40s. It's ideal for a head coach. You've got Fickle at 46. Perfect. He's shown already he can win big at Cincinnati. Same place that a guy named Antonio showed he could win, as did one Brian Kelly. There's no real worries here. He knows how to recruit, and above all, he knows Ohio, and he knows those fertile recruiting avenues that Michigan State has got to begin exploiting again. It's not about offenses. It's not about assistant coaches. It's not about schemes or quarterbacks. It's about recruiting. And until people understand that, They'll never win up there. You hire the recruiter first. Fickle right now is the guy that they need. Lynn, are they going to be able – so, again, you and spot on, I think everybody agrees that for all the right reasons, Luke Fickle is a phenomenal candidate. Here's the problem. 
Luke Fickle is also, for all those same reasons, an NFL candidate. So he has the same thing. He's got the look. He's young. He he talks the language of analytics. He talks the language of data. He, he he understands social media. He can talk to, you know, younger players. So he's also being groomed for that. Is there a danger in taking a guy that the NFL is also actively eyeing? Because the last thing you want is he comes here two or three years, and then all of a sudden now, you know, he ends up with a head coaching job, which – you know, he he's always said he thinks of himself as a college coach, but Cliff Kingsbury said the same thing. Yeah. I think money and opportunity talk in the NFL is an ever-changing landscape that it seems that the fickles and the rules and the Kingsburys of the world seem to fit in more, maybe so, than even they do in college. What do you think? No, I agree, um, Clarence and Ethan. I think you're you're – collective conversation here is really smart and important because that is an element to consider. But think of it this way. Kirk Ferentz was susceptible to doing the same thing when he went to Iowa. And 20-plus years later, he's still at Iowa and still has a really good program there. Uh, The same opportunity exists at Michigan State. Now, if Fickle comes here for a few years and gets restless and decides he's going to the NFL, okay, and you know what you do then? You hire another sharp coach to come right in, regardless what the status is. This job is bigger than one person, but you want to make sure you get the right big person for the right big job each and every time you have an opening up there. Michigan State's always had this inferiority complex, and they always feel like they have to find someone who loves them and someone who will stay and someone who won't go. and. That gets them into more trouble. Don't worry about that. Hire a Cracker Jack coach, and then when that guy leaves, hire another Cracker Jack coach. The market's loaded with them. But use good discretion and get the guy that can take advantage of your resources and put things back in shape. And this is exactly what Fickle can do. And you don't worry about next year or five years from now, because the likelihood is if he has the success here that he can have, He's going to be very happy here, and they can make sure he's appreciated, unlike when Saban was here and the president didn't think he was any good. That kind of stuff has happened so many times at Michigan State through the years that it always scares you. They've got a new president now. They've got a new athletic director who isn't very steeped in these kinds of searches, but I think he's going to use his head. And, uh, again, my view would be hire Fickle, get him in here. Matt Campbell at Iowa State would be another guy, but Mm -hmm. that payout is pretty steep. And uh, you don't know if really his appetite right now uh, is such that he would come to East Lansing. I don't know. That's a question I can't answer. But I can't believe Fickle wouldn't take this job in a heartbeat. They simply have to make it right and do it quickly. And people will not be offended by this timing, which, in my estimation, isn't that critical of a factor. How about the 49ers defensive coordinator yeah, from Dearborn, there, Robert Sala? Yeah, if, if, if a guy a sharp like that, guy. That's a yeah. sharp guy. Yeah, he is a sharp guy. And, 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 and if you get a sense that he's really got passion for the college job here. Wasn't he an assistant? Yeah, he was, assistant he was an central. assistant. Him and LaFleur yeah. were both his central. Yeah, I mean, if, if you really believe that He's got uh, 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 an absolute passion for this job. 
it could be just the answer. Sure. Uh, I think that stuff, guys, comes out during the course of the interviews. Of course. It's just a name to and, throw and, out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's, and it's a good name. It, definitely a good game. Uh, good name. And, uh, again, I think it's why Michigan State needn't feel like it has to come begging here, hat in hand. Wait for the good candidates to come to you. Be discerning, but don't lose sight of what you know fundamentally must and can work there. And that is someone who's got familiarity primarily with the recruiting turf. I thought it was interesting that Beekman seemed to get that in his remarks yesterday. If he understands it and stays harnessed to that particular tenant, then then they're going to do fine on this call. But uh, don't get sentimental about Pat Shermer or, or Narduzzi, who really wouldn't offer them anything that they can't get otherwise uh, with a younger person, more energy, and more potential shelf life uh, in East Lansing. So to me, it's an easy call, but they've had so many easy calls through the years. They had an easy call in 1980 when George Perlis seemingly had the job locked up, and they chose Muddy Waters. <laughs> they had it all locked up in 1994 when Saban wanted the job, and everyone knew how terrific it was going to be, except the president who decided he wanted Fran Ganter from Joe Paterno's staff, who would have been an unmitigated disaster. So, Lynn, how do we... If everything you're saying, let's say, and it is, everything you're saying being accurate, the elephant in the room, as far as I see it, to everything is the fact that D'Antoni is still staying on with the athletic department. Is that going to then help or hurt what we're talking about right now? No, guys, that will be uh, uh, an informal, symbolic role more than anything. It'll be a, an ambassadorship. He's not going to have his hands in the football pie. He won't want to have his hands in that football pie. He's going to be very happy to step away from that and finally have a life here. So that presence uh, isn't anything but uh, imagery more than anything else. It, it's a way for him to feel a little connected to Michigan State, have some fun, play some golf, Uh see some people that are going to be important to Michigan State's future in terms of donors and and that kind of thing. You can see the role he'll play. He's not going to be over there at the Scandalera Center, and he's not going to be influencing the new head coach. Uh, He wouldn't want to, and he would know that uh, that would be intrusive. No, he'll be happy to step away. So, uh, Lynn, there's a second part to this whole story, and that that's involving former recruiting coordinator Curtis Blackwell. Um, right. What, what do you think about his comments about uh, D'Antonio allegedly violating some NCAA recruiting violations? The timing is just wacky. Yeah. It is. It's also warfare on a lawsuit. Of course. And when you get lawyers involved in Crossfire, uh, they're going to unleash every bullet in the bandolier yep. and some of those are going to be not exactly aimed accurately um i i I think you can reduce that to legal rhetoric at this stage i don't think there's any big repercussions in there for 
Michigan State or or Fort D'Antonio. They might have to write Curtis Blackwell a check, but uh, they certainly haven't seen to be averse to writing big checks over the last year to not only people no longer in their employer, victims, or anybody else, and it's really a sad state of oh, affairs yeah. it's been bad. at MSU that you, you do have that kind of history here that continues to be written. But uh, I, I don't think the Blackwell deal really did influence this. I think he simply came to the same conclusions, and Maz and I know this from our previous conversation and Ethan and so forth. We, this is the same discussion we had late last autumn. Nothing has changed. The only thing that changed was I think the picture got clear from Mark D'Antonio. Yep. Thanks a lot, Mr. H. We appreciate your time, and your. Uh, we always love having you on. We'll talk again soon. Okay, Maz. Great talking with you, Ethan and Clarence, as well. All right. Lynn Thank Henning you. from the Detroit News joining us here uh, on all our news, our baseball trades, and, of course, the resignation and retirement of Mark D'Antonio here on The Wrap. Tom Mazaway, Clarence Black, Ethan Perlman on yeah. NRM Streamcast. Hey, we're just getting started. Oh. Keep it right here. We'll be right back after you hear this from Jim Reels. Your friendly dealer, Jim Reels. Check out the newest member of Jim Reels' family of dealerships, the all-new Jim Reels-friendly Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Romeo. During the Start Something New Sales event, lease the 2020 Jeep Compass Limited 4x4, now just $145 a month with zero down. Or lease the 2020 Ram 1500 Crew Cab Bighorn 4x4, now just $199 a month with zero down. For your best deal, it's the all-new Jim Reels-friendly Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Romeo. And there's nothing more friendly than a great deal from Jim If you or your family is touched by autism, learn more about Freddy's Foundation at hashtag pop the tap at freddythepizzaman.com. That's F-R-E-D-I, thepizzaman.com. Or email freddythepizzaman at gmail.com. And we're back on the wrap. NRM Streamcast, Tom Azaway and Clarence Black in the house. Ethan Perlman, as always. Uh, we're chatting it up on the midweek edition here uh, on the wrap. And big news, of course, uh, Mark D'Antonio stepping away last night, yesterday afternoon, late. Today's National Signing Day. I think uh, Spartans signed a couple of recruits already. I've been uh, following uh, pretty much as, as much as you can on Twitter and lots of other players landing in places. But as far as a coach goes, I know Luke Fickle is the guy, is the name and all of that. And I really don't know a hell of a lot about him. I know... He's got a good pedigree, all of that kind of stuff. But you looking know, coach, man. I'll, I'll, looking, looking, looking coach. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I want to go off the board here and go with Salah. I don't know. I just look at that guy as a head coach. I just, I do too. I, I, I just, just don't think he would. I don't know if he's the college guy. I, I don't know if he wants to wait if, for if an NFL Robert, gig. Oh well, yeah, I would. You, if you look at what his defense, if his, if you look at what his defense just did, and you look at what, who is it, Brian Flores? Yeah, in Miami. And you're solid, and you're young, and you come back this year. He's a Michigan guy, but do you want to come back and have a man? I just I don't see when he's a he is literally he's on the a cusp. season away. Yeah, he's on the cusp. from having a. And if you think about the jobs that could be, I mean, dude, oh, there's gonna yeah. be plenty more the jobs. Li- the Lions. Well, and yeah, I will, and it's good, good you bring that up because uh, Pete he'll be Jets, right close to home. Pete, Pete, Lions, Jets, Chargers. Think of all the jobs. Pete Famel of. Yahoo Sports yep. wrote up an article this morning, and he lists Robert Sala as someone who could become the Michigan State head coach, uh-huh. but he also puts in there, if he waits a year, yeah. 
he could be the next head coach of the Detroit Lions. Yeah, that's a that's so, a great exactly. call. Yeah. Uh, that's a great call, and, and he's also, a Dearborn guy. He's yeah. right there. Yeah. Well, not only that, but that think anything. about this though. We know for a fact that the Cleveland Browns are known for one year. True. Yeah. So, I mean, it, there are so many variables in that league, man. You know, some people are saying that Pete Carroll can't coach forever. Well, he's the oldest coach in the NFL. Oldest he doesn't coach in look the NFL. it, oldest but coach he in is. The NFL. But you start looking around, um, you know, obviously the Raiders aren't going anywhere, but there are some jobs that are. Bruce Arians is always a, a, he a can scotch. Yeah, he can, no, he's a scotch away from yeah, having he, to he can explode. medical, yeah, the poor guy a can medical explode. retirement. Yep. So, I, man, I just – The I, Texans I think, still, even though they made the guy general manager. I mean, well, I, let's think. We'll, we'll see. Let, who, who could we conceivably say? Who's on the hot seat? Who is for sure on the hot seat? Lions? Well, yeah. Yes. Jets? Yeah. Even though they yeah. just, even though they just re-upped them, you know. Do we want Chargers? Do we like, want to say the Jags yeah, for sure? Oh, for sure. Yeah, Jags. Doug Marone, he's mm-hmm. on his last yeah. legs yeah. unless he wins. And I mean, yeah. and, and oh, by the way, congratulations! You're playing two. <laughs> you're playing two of your two of your home games are now in London. So <laughs> hell of a message to Jags fans if there are any. By the way, yeah. the Lions are on that road list. Oh yeah. So the Lions could be going to London. Because they are on the yeah. Jacksonville visiting list. At least we don't lose a home game. That's all I got. Right. We don't lose a home game. So if, on, if you're if you're Robert Sala, if you sit back and wait with the volatility in this league, man, I think you take and and oh by the way, remember this too. Like because he was in college, because he saw it, mm-hmm. he may say, "Dude, I don't want to recruit." That's the other thing too, man. Some guys they don't want. It's not for everybody, man. That is, I mean, you talk about. The, the recruit, even if you do it right, you still might do it wrong. And you don't have to worry about that in the NFL. Do you think of the amount of just headache that you have to deal with at the college level that has nothing to do with wins and losses? Think of the number of things you have to do as a as a college head coach mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with your team. The fundraisers, the stuff, the this, the this, oh, yeah. the the NC. You got. I mean, the the stack there of violations or the rules. What yeah. you can and can't yeah. do. You got a stack of rules. Hey, Matt, you can call this kid between Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> you can call him from uh, four thirty to six thirty if the sun is in this direction. <laughs> yeah, but if I you, I, I don't think young guys want that. No. I don't. I don't. I think. I think that's a Kingsbury thing. I think Kingsbury. If you. I don't think those guys ever go back to college because now they can do what they love to do, sit sit and well, scheme. Nick Saban and, does all right. And, and, but if you think about how robust that staff is, they pay people to, to do, do the stuff that he does <laughs> right. not want yeah. to do. Sure. Yeah. And so Saban is free to – so Saban I does think that's on events. every staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that one is very robust, as yes. you call it. There's yeah. no question about that one. Yeah. That one's got they head got, coaches all over the uh, up and down, yeah. the assistant coaches. And they they are hiring people to – I mean, they, the assistants got assistants yeah. at Alabama. They got people working for free because they just want to be there. They just want to have a foot – I mean, so yeah. it's that kind of job. I just don't see somebody that young wanting to come and play the dog and pony show of big-time – Football and oh, yeah. by the way, man, it is just tough when you just want to be able to prove and scheme, and you're right there. I, I just, man, I don't see it. And you heard, you know, Len Hennig says it, but anyone could see this. Michigan State is what the fifth best job in the Big Ten, fifth, maybe at best. Mm-hmm. I mean, I might put it a little bit higher. I'm trying to think who I would. I mean, you got Ohio State, Michigan are obviously the top two. Yeah. 
Wisconsin. Okay, Penn Wisconsin. State. Okay. Do Wisconsin. See, I, I, Minnesota I, 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 now? I put Wisconsin is a hell of a job. Yeah. I put Penn Iowa? State at three, but I don't know that I'd put Wisconsin ahead of Michigan State. Hell as. yeah. That would. You they would? have no one oh, to compete yeah. with over there. Yeah. They're in a different division. Uh, Look at this Randall, division. That home, the home, and that is a legitimate home field advantage. I've never heard anybody say, wow, Spartan Stadium, boy, you don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. You do not want to go, and especially, oh, God, a night game? If I gave you a night game into October okay. in Camp Randall, you want that? Yeah. Hell no. That, yeah. that is so. Iowa City is no picnic either. Oh, God, no. Yeah. Iowa night games at Iowa, good night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's a good job. The Big it's Ten a, is a, a good, it's a really good job. It's a it's a great conference. It's a great job. Any college coach would be proud to come coach in East Lansing, especially if they want to knock Harbaugh off his ass. And you know he hasn't done much either to to to, to keep to keep the Michigan name up it, there. Let's it, face is it. Is Harbaugh happy now that Antonio's gone? Probably. I mean, Probably. Antonio went eight and five against Michigan. I know and he beat him the Jim, last couple of times, yeah. but as you know, the teams aren't haven't been the same. Let's face it; he's yeah. fallen off his perch. Antonio fell off his perch. Very he true. burned out, man. Mm-hmm. I don't. You can call it whatever you want. This guy put it all on the line. But Pride comes those, before the fall. Yeah. He he had a lot of hate in him. Yeah, a yeah. lot. And hate makes you tired. Yeah, yep. it makes you tired. Look at him. But also, he's I the think grouchiest you, guy I've ever yeah. seen in my entire life. I heard he's a great guy, but to me. As a football fan, I didn't like him Chip, because he, Chip, the Chip, yeah, never left. I didn't like it. Never left. Mm-hmm. But if I was a Michigan State fan, mm-hmm. I loved him. Yes, because he carried the Chip for you. Yeah, you want the Chip. The problem with the Chip it is weighs that you down. You can't recruit with that Chip. <laughs> Recruits don't want that. And mm-hmm. again, man, there's a reason why. If you look at if you look at the three programs, and we keep talking about them, right? Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. If you think of why did Texas fall off of that? It's because eventually kids are listening to what you say. They're hearing you. They're hearing what you say, and they're looking at how are you, what are you putting in the NFLs. And now Texas, for the first time, is realizing, like, the facilities don't matter now. Now it's all about how are you selling, like, hey, where am I going to be in in a few years? So it's recruiting. And I think it's state that as much as – I believe that he put every ounce of himself into that program from day one. Unfortunately, college football is comes down to one thing, and that is what you do in the living room. What you do in the living room is more important than what you do, you know, in the uh, in the teaching room with your players. You gotta if you ain't recruiting, and if you're not recruiting as hard as humanly possible, and if your sales pitch ain't tight, it ain't happening. And I think that's where they failed. Well, I tell you, man, it's how does any coach come over here now? Today is National Signing Day, so you're signing all these kids. Mm-hmm. You've just sold them a bill of goods. Now Luke Fickle is going to tell Cincinnati to pound salt, take a hike. I'm going to East Lansing. How about all those kids now? Man, it's the world we live in now. I know. I don't think those kids would be it'd be shocked. I mean, those kids got to know like these. This is we live in a day and age of no loyalty, man. Loyalty mm-hmm. is out the yeah. window. That stopped being a thing a long time ago. There is no loyalty. This is business, and this is one of the reasons why people that advocate for the payment of players point to is, like Tom Izzo said it yesterday, a whole different topic. Hey, I'm making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. They are. This is big business. Yeah. I love it. And, and I think that's another reason why this transfer portal came to be such a key thing is with football now, you, you enter that transfer portal – you know, you, you get recruited by other schools, you're immediately eligible to play yeah. for football. Not for every sport, but for football, for football. you are. Yep. And I think it was because we look at when players sign for the National Signing Day, if they sign during that early period, 
there's a lot of times where the coach that recruited them either takes another job or is let go. Yeah. And you even see now more players waiting till the February signing date to then sign. And even then, you still run into the same issue. So that that transfer portal idea, yeah. I, like I, I think, is a good it's a good security blanket for not only the players but for the institutions that you know we're also recruiting that player that might not get him at first. Yeah. But now, for example, Mark D'Antonio is gone. Maybe someone that was recruiting a Michigan State recruit can go back and right. wait for them to drop into the portal. Yeah. No, Luke is a name, man. Luke is Luke. Can, looking at we'll what Luke out. did at Cincinnati, I mean, he did that at Cincinnati, and I'm and see, I'm a, I'm just a big believer. If you're able, kids go to you. Yeah, it is all about you, and I think that's another thing, man. 63, 60, 60 something year old dude, man. Can you talk to talk? What is your what was his talk like? Well, and can you connect with the players? And them? I mean, to be a good coach, you got to be able to connect with them. Hey, Jim Jim Harbaugh probably wants Luke Fickle. To come over because wasn't that the only time they beat Ohio State? Was when Luke Fickle was the head coach? <laughs> yeah. Interim. Interim. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know. I'm you just know, throwing it out there. Know. The only one time that, that Michigan so has okay. beat Ohio I, State I, I, recently. I did see a very, very obviously sarcastic tweet, but it got me laughing and it was. What would Jim Harbaugh's reaction be if Urban Meyer took the head coaching job at Michigan State? Oh my God. Hey, I would no get season tickets right now. Hey, no one's mentioned him. I would get season tickets. I would, I would, make, I would get season tickets today. Wow, yeah. you know, today. no one, no one's mentioned him. Hey, I, I, I know that's a complete. No that's I know happening. that's a complete. But that how would fun make me would that so be? Happy. He wouldn't that do it. Was, he wouldn't do it to Ohio State. No, he but, wouldn't. But to piss off wow. Michigan, oh, I think I'd even root for them. <laughs> you know, if that happened, no, if that happened, I'd have a tough time rooting in that <laughs> Michigan State Ohio State game because I do like Urban Meyer as a coach. But I, I would probably still have to stick with my scarlet and gray. Oh my God, it's funny. The wrap here: Tom Mazaway, Clarence Black, Ethan Perlman here on a, the midweek edition on NRM Streamcast for the Jim Real Friendly Chrysler Jeep Studios. Hey, NBA trade deadline is tomorrow. And I know we don't talk a lot of NBA, but it's uh, it's I love the NBA, and I know it's been Kobe centric the last week and a half. And God bless them; they just mm-hmm. took down the Kobe Memorial out in front of Staples Center and. From yeah, what I understand, kept that thing up for yeah. ten years, yeah. man. They could have been, but Vanessa wants a lot of that stuff. Vanessa Bryant wants a lot of that stuff that yeah that they had there that they're yeah. gonna give to her, which is really they, nice. Yeah, they were cataloging all of it yep. and then sending it to her. How nice is that? It's it's great. I'm and, sure she's gonna put it somewhere yeah. and carry and it. They'll on. start. They'll have the Kobe Bryant Foundation. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. He will do as much in death. His name, his oh. likeness, his mm-hmm. he will sin. do as much in death as he. Yeah. As as anything, man. Yeah. I don't want to say as much as in life because no. that's not. That's, that's not, not even fair, close. But he will do. Yeah. He will do great things posthumously. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's the scoop. Tomorrow he would have been excited because tomorrow uh, the Lakers probably going to do something here pretty soon. Uh, they probably need one other guy to maybe yeah. put him over the hump. But the Pistons are actually getting some traction here. They got some names the other day. Andre Drummond, his name is still being bounded about. Please, Sveen Makaila. Please Christian Wood, him. and now Luke Kennard all of a sudden I is on the block. I will rent. Listen, <laughs> I will. I will literally rent the U-Haul. I will drive the U-Haul. To get I will grab some people. We will pack. I, Andre, if you're listening, Andre, I will even use the the soft. I will use the soft <laughs> wrapping paper 
I'll get the bubbles. I'll use like the <laughs> what's the one? It's like it's smooth like a baby's butt, like where you put the crystal in it. I I will literally set up. I will get. I will go to Legal Zoom. I'll okay. find an attorney. I will start a packaging, <laughs> a moving company with one client. Remember in the Godfather when he says, "I have one client." <laughs> one client. That I, Andre, I will start a company, a moving company, just to get you out of here. I will do whatever we, will, we whatever you need like to get him, him out of here. I like Dre. You, you like unmotivated seven footers with a limited motor and skills. You know the, yeah, he's motivated yeah. sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. Twenty five percent of the time, maybe. But before and after games, he's motivated. <laughs> but the interesting thing is with the Andre Drummond trade rumors and everything, you always hear it's gaining traction. It's gaining traction, and then you know. Well, it's not happening because anymore. Because teams eventually realize, no. what are you going to do with well, an unmotivated seven-footer who, great, yeah, he can rebound, but on the other side, mm-hmm. that was just but, takes but, up but space. If, but if you're the Pistons, you have to realize right now, you got just over 24 hours to find a team and get him out of here. I really don't care anymore yes. if you get a no, first-round pick from him I don't care what you get from him. I don't care what you get from him. You just can't afford to let him walk for nothing. But, but also, you can't afford him to be on your roster and say, okay, let's talk about an no. extension. No, he's got to go. Reggie's got to go. Like, like right now, at this point right now with this team, mm-hmm. the only thing that you you have a 19-year-old who looks like he can be the face of your franchise. You you drop everything. Make that kid. Put, put, the, world, put the world around him. Yeah. Or take the rest of this year and figure out what can he be. Mm-hmm. Andre Drummond is a throwback to ideas gone bad in the past. We have been waiting. He has been here since he was 19, and we have been waiting, and we see flashes, and he's an all-star, and he's this, but for the mm-hmm. most part, it's potential unfulfilled. Let's just move on. Yeah. Well, and one interesting thing, you mentioned all the names that are being floated around. Yeah. The only name in that scenario that I want to get rid of is Andre. Right. I don't. I don't want to get rid of oh, Kyler. I don't want to get rid of Reggie. Reggie can go too. Yeah. Well, Reggie too, but off of the names that Maz listed, Mikhailo, yeah. Wood, Mikha- Drummond, and Kennard. I would not mind having a, having Kennard, uh, Wood, Dembuya. I mean, okay. they're, they're all young guys. Yeah, I love them. Christian Wood is will, a versatile I'm in. four five. Up here. I'm here. High five me, Mass. Give me. A, yep, I'm in. Hey, see I'm, how easy that yeah. is. I will. I've said it, but I will pay mm-hmm. to go see young guys. I can take my. I can sell that to my kids. I can go on a snowy February and say, "Yo, we're gonna go see these young Pistons. They play hard. Mm-hmm. They they never quit. Yeah. Even when they're down, they're not out. They're fighting. There's it's something." That I can grab much in the same way yeah. it was, you know, back in 2001, 2002. We had this undrafted dude who was blocking shots and rebounding like nobody's business. And it was like, yo, wait, he had what? He had a triple, a reverse triple double? Wait, what? Assist, steals, and blocks? Huh? Mm-hmm. Or assist, rebounds, and blocks? Yeah. What the hell is that? Who is this dude with the fro and then the braids and then the fro? Wait, what? Hall everybody, everybody in this town just wants something worthy of yeah. effort, man. This is a blue collar. We work in this town. That, that's why Derek so Rose work. is so appreciated. Yes. I mean, he takes nothing He's off. He's back. He takes nothing off. Dude, seven straight games at yeah. twenty. That's all star. You are. He is. He for whatever. It got. It got I think he it got up to back. nine. I think it got up to nine. Nine. And then, and then of course, the streak only breaks because he He's hurt. he, well, he kind of tweaked his groin a little yeah. bit. Yeah. 
But and I it, bet if he had to play, he could yeah. play. Yeah. I'm going tonight again. I'm going to see uh, the Suns. This is my fourth straight Pistons home game I've gone to. I love going to watch them. I'm going again tonight. I love this team. I know they can't compete with the big boys. I went on Sunday. I took the girls before, right before mm-hmm. we saw the Nuggets. They were down 22 in the first quarter. How does seat work out for you? What seat? Your knees up against the... No, no, no. <laughs> the seats have been great. I've found good seats. Where? I've What's been lucky. <laughs> I must been, talk. I've been very comfortable. You must share this kung fu with me. Now, here's the kicker. It is not filled right now, so you get a little bit more room. Okay, I'll, I'm gonna I'll give you that caveat, but I like this team and I love Mikhailu. I love Wood. I like Kennard. Uh, he hasn't played in 23 games, but I I do like him. And he yeah. it looks like he was really coming into his own. And I know the big Donovan Mitchell and him. We should have took Donovan yeah, Mitchell. He'll never. I mean, of course we should have, but we didn't. But this kid is not bad. Yeah, but at the time you didn't know Donovan Mitchell yeah. was going to turn. Well, we to knew Donovan he'd be. No, we knew he'd no, be pretty a lot, damn good. A lot, a lot of people knew actually. Yeah, we we, we kind of knew he'd be. A lot pretty of people good. knew actually. That's the problem. So, so the guy who drafted Kennard is uh, the general yeah. manager now of the Suns, and that's uh, how can I forget his name? I used to call him once a week. It'll come to me. Anyway, the former Pistons mm-hmm. general manager, now with the Suns. Not Stan. So, no, not Stan. It was... Uh, uh, no, Stan's still doing... Uh, isn't he still oh, doing yeah, the NBA, stuff? yes. I'll tell you what it is. Keep talking. But right now, I mean, who would you want off of Phoenix? Outside of Devin Booker, which you're not going to get in a Luke Kennard yeah. trade. I, I don't want DeAndre Ayton. In my, Why? Jeff Bauer. In, in my opinion, he's Jeff Bauer. he's just a taller version of Andre Drummond and a younger version of Andre. More Drummond. skills, way more skills. Hey, I want, you, way I, more I want skills. a five that can make. Great kid. I want a fi- I'm not plays saying, hard. I agree with all that, but I want a center that I can put at the top of the key and consistently make a jumper. Oh. I mean, is that it. too much to ask? Yes. Yes. Because somebody still has to maintain some semblance of balance. And at the end of the day, having a guy that can go down there and get you a basket is still a big thing. And that's one of the reasons why the Suns are respectable mm-hmm. this year. Because they got those pieces. And the kid out of Villanova, Bridges, man. Like, that's, dude, the Suns are right there. They're young. They're not bad. You. I'm going to look for them, look at them tonight. I'll, yeah, give you, I'll give you my pick on them on Friday. By the way, the NBA last night had a four-team, 12-player deal. It's like This the, was insane. It's the, it's the NBA's most expansive trade in 20 years. T-Wolves get two first-round picks. They move that to Denver. They got Malik Beasley, Malik Beasley, and uh, Juan, uh, Juan Herman Gomez. Yep. The Rockets get the Timberwolves' Robert Covington. They trade center Clint Capella to Atlanta. And the Nets are even in this thing. <laughs> this Minnesota, Denver, Atlanta, and Houston. Jordan Bell, 20 second round picks. It's a ton of stuff. People are trying to get flexible with the $12 million in cap space, all of this kind of stuff. There are names out there. Andre Iguodala hasn't played yet this year. No, he's saying, trade me or I'm not playing. Yeah, yeah. trade me. <laughs> he's never going to play. No. Not with for, uh, Memphis. Not for Memphis yeah, no. is like, all right, we'll trade you. We don't need you. We like what we have here. There is so much stuff going on. The, did, the did, NBA is going to explode what, in the next yeah, 24 hours. Did you hear Dylan Brooks's comments, though? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You we know, can't wait to play him when we yeah, trade him. Yeah. Which, yeah. I loved okay, it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, 
be careful what you but be careful True. what you wish for. True, but I like because he may end up on a Western Conference playoff team and hand yeah. you your ass. But okay, but I mean, I, I don't have a problem with the attitude no. of you don't want to be here. Okay, yeah. we can't wait to play you. Yes, and ironically, he'd be great for that team. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't. And I get it, man. After the run that he went on, Andre and Godala wants every game that he plays for the rest of his life to matter. He wants to play meaningful basketball with the knees he has left. I totally understand it. I think as a vet, he's earned that right. Um, it's tough for young guys, but I also like the fact that he hasn't gone there. He's not sitting on the bench. He's not being disgruntled. Mm-hmm. He's not being a distraction. And the reason that Dylan Brooks is able to get the numbers that he has is because he doesn't have to share time with yep. Andre Iguodala. So it works both ways. So I get a young fella. I hear where you're going, but also understand the man did you a favor by not being there. Would yeah. you prefer to see Andre Iguodala? On the Clippers or the Lakers? Clippers, please don't Clippers. send it to the Lakers because the Lakers wanted him. Yeah, yeah The Lakers, if he goes the Lakers there, would know, the Lakers wouldn't know. He that's not good. That's not no, a fit. If he goes there, I think he puts him over the top. I, I I disagree with you. If he goes there, then you have to figure. So he here's the caveat: Andre Iguodala cannot go to the same team that has Kyle Kuzma, uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope, dealt. and Danny Green. Mm-hmm. Danny Green has to play because yeah, yeah. Danny Green is your spot shooter, and them guys yeah. ain't this ain't like. Mm-hmm. You can't just bring him out of the bullpen, right. man. It don't yeah. work like that. Like, Danny Green's got to play. He's got to find rhythm. He needs – shooters like that need to know, they when am I coming in? Mm-hmm. They they get used to playing a certain way. KCP well, is just like yeah. their Vinny Johnson. They throw him in, and he's just like, all right, I'll give you yeah, – let's go. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> well, I don't know where Andre fits on that team. Yeah. Well, if you, move, if you get Andre onto that Clippers team, you got a great one-two punch with defensive – Capability and yeah. Kawhi Leonard him. and Andre I'd love Goudal, to see, I'd love to see him go to the Clippers down. because he, he he's going to guard the best team score. He's going to guard James right. Harden and he's going to guard Kawhi Leonard. Who are the Clippers giving us? Who are the Clippers giving us? Yeah, I would like to see Montrez Harold come in. They ain't and, giving and, up Trez, and, man. And, nope. any, they're, nope. they're shopping nope. him. They're shopping him. They have to shop him. They don't want. To. Doc loves Montrez. I know, but if you, good if you can give them Andre and get Montrez. No, dude, listen, I get it. it. I, I get it. He's an asset. You love it. I mean, the dude is just, yeah. dude, I, hey, listen, I love you. Don't get me wrong. But, hey, I mean, if we can music? get something good for you. Hey, you hear the music? Yeah. <laughs> At least we got to wrap it up. Well, why don't you put Shakira up there, and then I, won't, I guarantee you <laughs> I won't say anything Angel, else. Put Shakira yeah, and dude, J-Lo if you up, want me to stop talking, put Shakira done. up there. I guarantee you I won't say it. Shakira. Hey, thanks to Angel, oh, Kelsey, Cole, Shakira. Steven, everyone else here. Thanks, of course, thanks, to Shakira. CB, Clarence Black. See you Friday. Thank you, Shakira. EP, see you. EP is going to go throw batting practice right now. He's going to go throw 80 miles an hour Where? to the baseball mainly guys nice. in Rochester Hills. You should go. Ooh. I want to see you hit against them. This is Tom Mazaway. <laughs> we'll see you Friday with DMAC and company.